find out what's making you sick and how to heal. Anthony William is the medical medium. This is Anthony William, the medical medium. You're listening to the medical medium radio show. The most important show when it comes down to wanting answers that is above science research in the sense where it comes from a place above the information since I was age four so that you have the right answers. And if you think that's funny and if you think that's silly or kind of, you know, hey, a long shot, then why isn't science and research fixing everybody? How come we're so sick and getting sicker and sicker and sicker? You think everybody's getting better and better and better? Even with the uprising of no processed foods out there and the uprising of thousands and thousands of functional medicine doctors, which are amazing people, of course, doing incredible things, but even with the uprising of all the alternative movement and the conventional-minded movement being more, more alternative, We're sicker than ever before. How is that possible? And quickly, and quickly getting sicker and sicker and sicker at younger ages. Now, come on. You know, so this information is important to know, and we're covering Lyme disease, multiple sclerosis, CFS, ME-CFS. We're covering neurological autoimmune. We're covering aches and pains and symptoms and real symptoms Real symptoms, okay? Because autoimmune is real, just not what they say it is. But there is real problems underneath it all that's keeping people sick. We're going to cover that. So this is an important show. Probably out of all the shows, I mean, this is one of the most critical shows. It just is. It just is because how many people now are getting thrown into the lime trap? How about that? I call it the lime trap. Once the, it's either multiple sclerosis. No, you don't have MS. You got Lyme disease. Wait, wait a minute. I thought I had lupus. No, you have Lyme disease. Wait a minute. I thought I had something else. No, you have Lyme disease. CFS. No, you have Lyme disease. Everybody's being diagnosed with Lyme disease. It's unbelievable what's going on. If you're struggling with a health problem that's been labeled as autoimmune, it is not a result of your body attacking itself. You got to remember where that came from because guess what? No one tells you. No one tells you, but I do. No one ever speaks of this but me. No one has. You ready? I'm going to speak about the truth. The discovery of autoimmune in the 1950s, when people were pouring into their doctor's offices, think about that, pouring in out of nowhere. I talked to an old doctor years ago, back back years ago, okay? I don't know if it was 25 years ago. I can't even remember now. It was so long ago. And he was in his 90s then. He had a thriving practice back in the 1920s, 30s, 1940s, going all the way back, okay? And he had a thriving practice. And in the late 20s, the 30s, the 40s, and by the time, you know, the, ni- the, the, the 1940s were coming around, he was noticing people coming in sick. See, he didn't see that too often. It was just the usual, an appendicitis. It was a sick gallbladder. It was the heart attacks. It was still strokes and stuff like that. But he noticed that there was all these other problems, the heart palpitations, the hot flashes, the fatigue he never even could believe existed. The 1950s, all of this pouring in neurological symptoms, Lots of different neurological symptoms, all kinds of complaints from mostly women. And, And it was like unbelievable. And he said his colleagues were, they were all shaking their heads. And back then, science and research, 
knew nothing practically, nothing in medicine. It was unbelievable. It was the dark ages. And you know what? We're still there in chronic illness. We're still in the dark ages in chronic illness when you think about it. Okay? He noticed all these people sick. And he also noticed that a new diagnosis was being born, a theory, because science and research had, had to come up with theories. So some people got together, a think tank, and they slapped together a bunch of theories of what could be going on. And they, did, they ignored the fact that DDT was saturating every single woman's body. DDT was everywhere. They were just, you know, let's, let's not go into that land. No, no, no. And they, they, they were ignoring the possibility of viruses. Ignoring the possibility of viruses. And they were ignoring all kinds of other possibilities. So you know what they came up with? A theory that your body is attacking itself. Think about this. A grandfathered 1950 theory we're actually living with now in 2000 and what year is it? 2019, we're living with a 1950s BS theory to protect the industry and the establishment that our body's immune system is destroying our glands and organs and connect the tissue and body when they don't even have proof of that till this day on any science level or scale. Okay, you're only going to hear it from me. You're only going to hear it from me. And that's sad. Quite frankly, that is actually so, so, so sad. Because why do I have to be the one? Why do I have to be the one? Are we really in that kind of place on this planet? Uh, We just blindly, blindly get led by a theory in 1950 that wasn't proven in 1950. It was a complete and total made-up guess. And then it was cemented in, and I'll tell you why, because the blame is on you. That's right. Get fooled, get tricked generations after generations, get duped, get totally screwed over generation after generation with lies. And that's how it's done. Bingo, bam, wham, that's how it's done. Right there. So that's what we live with now. And we're getting sicker because of it and sicker because of it. And guess what? Science and research just cares about genetics. And so, okay, sure, let's just say it's genes. Okay, it's everybody's genes is the other thing. It's genes because you're autoimmune, your body's attacking itself probably because you're genetics. I mean, come on. So the autoimmune trap is what it is. Medical school does not teach physicians what's really responsible for hundreds of conditions, symptoms, because these remain scientific mysteries. Come on. Medical denial, we have to get out of it. See, what you're going to hear on this show is you're going to hear the deep truth. You're going to hear the real things to make you think and realize, oh my God, even if this guy I'm listening to isn't a doctor, okay, I'm still sick, someone might say. Someone might say, hey, I'm still sick and been to 100 doctors. So let me give this guy a listen to. And you know what? He's making some damn good sense right now. You mean to tell me my body is actually not attacking itself? That's a theory from 1950. See, since researchers can't detect what's really wrong, they conclude it must be someone's own immune system destroying their organs, glands, or tissue. So they blame it on something called an autoantibody. 
They don't know what the autoantibody is doing. They can't see it. There's no science that shows what an autoantibody is doing. It's not even humanly possible. An autoantibody and what it's for and what it's doing and why it's there. The autoantibody is seeking out something else. It's not hurting you. Your body doesn't create an autoantibody to hurt you. Your body creates an autoantibody to seek out a bug that's hurting you. See, the bugs are hurting us. And if you think, if you think I'm far off the mark, I was the first to say multiple sclerosis was Epstein-Barr cause. Now they're saying there's a link to Epstein-Barr. They're scratching their heads like science research are putting out papers, probably because, because I've literally had so much influence in the world of knowing that Epstein-Barr causes that. It started out a whole new movement on Epstein-Barr over the decades that I pushed because I'm giving you the truth about what's going on. So those signs of research is saying, oh my God, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, which is considered an autoimmune condition, body attacking the thyroid, is, is actually linked to Epstein-Barr. They're figuring it out. So what I'm saying, if I'm so far off the mark, then how come they're copycatting me? Unbelievable. So listen, I know I sound a little too passionate about this, but I've seen some wrongdoing and lots of wrongdoing. And when you see people hurt, when you see people leaving the doctor's office, when you see women leaving the doctor's office, being told that their body's destroying their thyroid gland, it's devastating. It's devastating. It's so, so, so hard. And so, you know, when you see these things and you get in touch with the emotion of what people feel when they're hurt like this, and you feel it, you just can't help but to fight for them. And you can't help but to just, you know, be, be a little bit more like, hey, look, you know, we got to do something about this. I have to take this seriously. I wake up in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what am I going to do to actually help people? So, but it's not what's really going on, though, with your body attacking itself. Your body doesn't turn its back on you. It doesn't do that. That's detrimental to the healing process, not helpful. And so here's the thing. Younger people are getting autoimmune diagnoses where they never did before. So here we are, all this technology, the best medicine in the world, all this stuff on genes, and younger people are suffering. And younger, the younger you are, the more that message that your body is faulty or destroying. I've had young people, some moms say their child, had li- their child, their teenager is on the internet, came home with his diagnosis or her diagnosis and is, and is on the internet and found out that he or she's body is dis- destroying itself. It was devastating for a 15-year-old. Absolutely horrendously devastating when it's not even true, when it's not even true. <laughs> and it was a theory, I mean, purported in 1950, in the 1950s. I mean, come on. Do you remember the cars that we drove around in 1950? I mean, I wasn't there, I wasn't born. But you remember the cars? Do you, <laughs> do you remember, you know what I mean? The telephones in 1950? Have you ever seen a movie, 1948 movie, 1949 movie, 1950 movie? Did you ever see it? They take a good look at it. Go watch an old movie. And you tell me if they had it down right. Unbelievable. They were ripping tonsils out of kids left and right. They didn't even know what causes tonsillitis. They still don't know what it causes it now. But the only consolation 
comes that comes from this whole autoimmune your body's attacking itself is that your suffering is seen and recognized and given a name. And I understand that. And I respect that, you guys. I do. I do. You know, I mean, I've even had people in social media, you know, you know, scream out, I don't like what he says because my body is attacking itself. Don't tell me my body's not attacking itself. It is. Because they were, mis- they were misinformed or something or just kind of took it the wrong way and thought I was telling them that nothing was wrong with them. So if I'm telling you, hey, your body's not attacking itself, don't, don't get the message, the mis-message that I'm saying nothing's wrong with you. Nothing's happening inside. That's not it at all. But, you know, if only medical research and science weren't so baffled by chronic illness and they could tell you that your suffering is real. Yeah, your suffering is real. And most of the times they don't even tell you. Research and science doesn't want to tell you your suffering is really real anyway. This is why for years, people are told there's nothing really wrong with them. Go home. See, what is truly occurring is your body is creating antibodies to seek out and destroy pathogens that your immune system is going after. It's little bugs that already are creating the inflammation. They've already and are causing problems. I'm going to go into all of that. So you got to get ready for this show. you got to fasten your seatbelts. This is one of those shows where, you know, your adrenaline might get pumping a little bit. Because I know mine is right now. Because, because this, this hits the heart and soul of just life in general for the chronic Leo. It hits the heart and soul of what we're fighting for. It hits the heart and soul of just so much out there. See? These bugs are elusive, they're hidden, there are hundreds of varieties of bugs of common everyday viruses alone, and new mutations appear every year. They spread, they appear, it's not a fear, this isn't a fear-based show. Fear-based show is telling you your body is destroying itself, that's fear-based. Just please get the message right. That's fear-based. Fear-based is telling somebody... Their body's destroying itself. I don't know anything more fear-based than that. I'm sorry. If I had to go to bed at night thinking my body was destroying itself as I'm sleeping, hoping to God that some magic medication was going to help, that's that's fear-based. That is so fear-based. It's unbelievable. Someone once told me a while back, you know, the one thing about you, you talk about fruit fear, you talk about this fear, you give people fear. Well, no, I'm giving people freedom to eat some fruit. They're the ones creating fear around fruit. I'm giving people freedom to heal. They're the ones saying their body's destroying themselves. It's, it's incredible. Look, these bugs wreak havoc in people's organs. It's not a mystery in the sense where, why else would an organ get damaged? It just magically happens? It just happens? The body's doing it? These bugs actually do cause problems. They create a range of autoimmune diagnoses. And and, and doctors detect inflammation they can't explain. How do you think inflammation's caused? In cases where researchers think they've identified autoantibodies, meaning antibodies created by your immune system to go after your own body, they're mistaken. 
because they don't even have proof. There's no data that shows that. There's nothing that shows. I talked to scientists about this, guys that even work in this field, and they say, no, they haven't even come up with anything like that yet. No one knows what's going on. They're just, they, they, they think they found autoantibodies. They think they found antibodies. That's it. And they're still even kind of debating those antibodies behind the scenes. Look, they're not produced to attack you. They're produced to attack a virus. A virus. Yes, a virus. Usually it's a virus buried deep in your system. Where current, current medical testing can't even detect it. Many times current medical testing can detect. It can detect the Epstein bars, some of them. In truth, it's those undetected pathogens creating inflammation and detected ones. It's not a misfire of the immune system, nor is it caused by foods that are considered inflammatory. That's my favorite thing. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like, how can a food cause inflammation? How can a food do that? You tell me. We've been eating wheat for years, wheat that's been manipulated, and now it's causing inflammation? You know, here's what's happening. It's feeding a virus, and the virus is eating the, eating the, the wheat. It's eating different things and causing inflammation. Because you know why? Some people, they don't have a lot of bugs. They've been lucky. They skated by. Or their bugs haven't awakened yet. Or they've just had lower stress in their life so they didn't, you know, get their immune systems dropped to ground zero so that bugs take over. And they eat, can eat what they want and get by and not do bad. They could eat a big old chocolate cake with all the junk in it they want. They can eat... <laughs> They can eat, I mean, seriously, I've run into people, they can eat a big old chocolate cake. They can eat something else, you know? They can eat whatever. Steak and cheese grinder. Steak and cheese wedge fried in grease and onions and oil, and God knows what onions are good for you. They can, they can eat, I don't know, whatever you think about some slop. And the thing is, is, is and they can keep on eating that way. And yeah, they might end up filling their arteries with grease, and die of a heart attack, but they're not, they're not in this other position that millions and millions of people are. The reason why certain foods lead to inflammation is that they feed the pathogens themselves that create inflammation. I'm the first one to say it, and now doctors are talking about it a little bit out there. They're not giving me credit, even though I've literally published it long before, and I'm the only person that came up with that. The only person. It's like the lemon water flushing the liver thing once again. I started that 30 years ago. It went around. It's grandfathered as law. There's no science or research that can ever show or determine that lemon water flushes the liver, but yet it's from spirit. It's mine. Look, our immune system's job is to look out for viruses and destroy them. That's what our immune system does. When we have a lowered immune system, it's a difficult task. Even a lowered immune system doesn't mean it turns on the body and starts attacking itself, though. It, it, it can't. There's always a hidden pathogen making a big deal. Look, this is a really serious problem. 
what happens is that there's people that have suffered. There's people that are suffering now and struggled. There's people that have lost so much quality in their lives. They've lost their careers. They've struggled. They've lost their relationships. They've lost their partners. They've lost marriages. They've lost all kinds of stuff over this thing. I've seen newlyweds literally separate because the woman comes down with Hashimoto's thyroiditis at age 24 and the husband's just completely baffled and thinks he has a bad egg. I've seen unbelievable things happen and people hurt and crushed from autoimmune diagnoses and also misinformation out there. I've seen people suffer and they still are out there. This is a serious, serious, serious topic, all of this. And then some, the Lyme, the Lyme road, the Lyme trap left awake of people broken on that Lyme road for 35 plus years and so forth and more years than that. It's unbelievable what has occurred that we're going to cover some of it. It gets me emotional and I start getting choked up because that's how much people have gone through. There's always a hidden pathogen. There is. And even in Lyme disease, which we're going to talk about, it isn't what you think. Anyone suffering with any sort of condition labeled autoimmune is struggling with endocrine system issues as a result. The plant hormones that celery juice contain are critical for helping them. Whether it's Hashimoto's, whether it's Lyme disease, multiple sclerosis, whether it's so many I'm not even listing here, autoimmune conditions, these plant hormones that enter into every endocrine gland to help support it comes from celery juice. I just want to give you that tidbit here because we're talking about celery juice today. And it helps when you're hypo, you're hyper, and all your glands, this, leaving, this, this leveling of the endocrine system glands from the adrenals to the pancreas allows them to properly produce levels of hormones. That's what celery juice does. It's why people start recovering with Lyme disease, multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, all these conditions. I mean, you should go on and on, CFS and everything. As we have established... Everyone suffering with an autoimmune condition is also suffering with a viral infection. Some are chronic low-grade viral infections from a virus such as Epstein-Barr, and some are more severe infections from a virus such as HHV-6. Yes. And then you got the shingles and other viruses like that. Some people are suffering with trigeminal neuralgia caused by that shingles virus, and some are suffering with multiple sclerosis caused by EBV, and a lot of people have more than one virus, still have EBV, shingles, and something else. It just is what it is. There used to be a handful of these illnesses deemed autoimmune. Did you know that? Did you know there was only a handful that were deemed autoimmune? And every decade went by, they just tacked along another one. Tacked along another one. Ten more. Another ten more. Another twenty more. Now there's hundreds. I mean, there's dozens on the list. This will keep going. So that at some point, nearly every, every condition that's not understood by medical research and science will be tagged as autoimmune or genetic without proof to back it up. That's how science research works in chronic illness. It's not mathematics. Mathematics is different. A rocket ship and a bridge being built is a different form of science. Don't get confused. A completely different form of science. It's math. And it's mechanical parts. Your body is a mystery to medical research and science with chronic illness. It's a mystery. Bones and knee replacements and hip replacements, they still have their own issues. And it's a mystery why people don't recover when they even get them replaced. 
It's a still mystery, a mystery to science research, even when maths and mechanics are lined up perfectly. But you got to remember, in chronic illness, it's a mystery. It's not like bridges being built, and they use grade 12 bolts, and they bolt that steel together, and they, 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 they do everything. They do seismic pressure on the earth. They do all these different, different things, and they get the whole thing right. They build the bridge, and something still cracks and breaks down before it's time or goes faulty. That's math. That's different. Rocket ships, the same thing. It's all math. It's mechanical parts. Do not get confused that with your car. Science, don't get that confused with your, your phone. Just don't. It's not the same thing as chronic illness. In all of these situations, celery juice is sodium cluster salts. That's the sodium cluster salt that sits inside celery. That when you juice it, you get the most out of. Because eating a celery stick isn't going to cut it even though it's good for you. That sodium cluster salt helps destroy viruses. That's what it does. It breaks down the viral sheath, the viral membrane that protects the virus, that keeps it strong. There's ugly little bugs. This is why people see their inflammation reduce when they're on celery juice. Ooh, why would that happen? It's not an anti-inflammatory food it's a bug-killing food which stops inflammation. It takes it further. It's not just that it has phytochemicals that help aid like aspirin. No. This is, takes it to a new level of food. Superfood is a ridiculous term to use for celery juice. That's a, that's a bad, I mean, it's way above a superfood. Cluster salts weaken toxic heavy metals, meaning the metals that are stuck and embedded. So it starts to loosen them up. It binds onto them, those sodium cluster salts. These toxic heavy metals feed viruses. So this is really important, all of it. So let's go into this a little bit more. These viral neurotoxins are produced by these viruses that create neurological, well, neurological symptoms, like Lyme disease, neurological symptoms, and all these other things. We're going to go into that. Celery juice plant hormones help people recover. So it's like medicine with autoimmune diagnoses. It helps you recover from neurotoxic damage. It helps you recover from endocrine damage. So let's go in. Get ready. We got so much to talk about. We got a show to do. So we're going into fibromyalgia. Fibromyalgia. That's a really good one. It's caused by the Epstein-Barr viral neurotoxin, since we're just talking about that neurotoxin. If you're brand new to my information, brand new to my books, brand new to you know all my medical medium book series, all of that, if you're new to that, let me give you a little, just a little quick, quick thing on neurotoxins. Neurotoxins are produced when a virus feeds off of something that it likes to eat because a virus can't stay alive and exist without fueling itself. Science and research... Never spoke of it, never discovered that, never knew about that. That never existed in science and research, but it's just starting to be talked about now. And I was the first. You have to know these landmarks because you just have to know where they come from. So when they start coming out more and more, hey, um, medical medium, he, he did this long before that. Neurotoxins is a poison that the virus eliminates when it goes to bathroom. It eats mercury, the virus. It'll eat aluminum. It'll eat pesticides, herbicides, fungicides. It'll eat gluten, 
It'll eat egg proteins. It will eat other foods, milk, cheese, butter, lactose. It will feed off of dairy fat, the very fat that people think is making them stronger when they stick in their coffee. It will feed off of these things and grow over time. If your immune system is strong, it keeps it back for a while, and you can go through your life and then get hit with it later. And you can be one of those women or one of those men where it hits when you're 38 and you're starting to get all these weird symptoms. And now you're at a neurologist's office for the first time in your life. Or it could hit really early depending on somebody's immune system being weakened or not. And so that's just an example right there. These neurotoxins, they land on nerves. They're an allergen to your nerves. So they're responsible for peripheral and central nerve inflammation in fibro sufferers. So fibromyalgia sufferers, they experience that. Their nerves get inflamed from this neurotoxin produced by Epstein-Barr virus. So I hope I was clear with all of that. Let's go into Lyme disease a little bit. Okay, this is incredible about Lyme disease. Lyme disease wasn't listed as an autoimmune disorder or autoimmune disease. Interesting. Why is it being pushed into the autoimmune realm? Wait a minute. I thought they had an answer to Lyme disease. It was the answer that Lyme disease was caused by bacteria. Interesting. So they had it all sewed up. It stayed out of the autoimmune care category for a reason because they thought they had it all sewed up. You mean 35, 40 years of disastrous mistakes? thinking it's bacterial, torturing people, and actually damaging and injuring an unbelievable amount of lives, you think that they had it all sewed up when now they're quietly, mischievously pushing it into the autoimmune category. I mean, we're all suckers. <laughs> it's so sad. I mean, we are because it's... it's and I'm not talking about... I'm talking about the doctors. I'm talking about... We're just suckers. It's like all of the physicians. It's like this is unbelievable. I mean, that should be like, there should be like talk about that and be like, hey, wait a minute, everybody put on the brakes. You mean to tell me we had it sewed up and now it's autoimmune, it's in that category, which is mystery and your body's attacking itself? Well, I thought it was the bacteria. I thought it was Borrelia. I thought it was Babesia. I mean, I thought it was these things. And so that's the problem right there. So I got to talk about that. You know, it's amazing. I thought it was Bartonella. And doctors should be actually standing up a little bit, but you know they're busy. They're saturating their practices. They're trying to survive. They're trying to help people. They got all the compassion going at the same time. It's not an easy road, and I get it. Look, there's a lot of misunderstandings when it comes to Lyme disease. Now, here's the deal. Symptoms of Lyme are all neurological. So that's why they pushed it into autoimmune. See, I've been saying for decades, bacteria doesn't cause neurological problems. It doesn't. Yeah, if it gives you a high enough fever long enough, sure, you can get injured that way. But we're talking, you got to have a piping fever, and you got to have a piping fever for a very long time. And then maybe you're injured from the high fever long term. But that's an entirely different situation with bacteria. Lyme disease sufferers, 
They're just going in there with tingles and numbness. They're just going in there with aches and pains and fatigue. They're going in there with their multiple sclerosis diagnosis. They're going in there with their lupus diagnosis and all kinds of other diagnoses. They're, they're not... They're not suffering from an acute attack one time, 105 temperature that lasted three weeks out of nowhere. Sure, some Lyme disease sufferers get a temperature and get a fever. The fever never affects them. They've already had um, neurological symptoms. It's, it's bacteria doesn't cause all of the neurological symptoms people are suffering from. The vagus, vagus nerve problems, the phrenic nerve problems, all the other different issues. They, they don't, that's not bacteria caused. So they pushed it out of the realm of being its own thing where they found it, where they found they, where they founded it originally, where it's, you know, it's all bacteria. And it didn't, didn't classify as autoimmune because of that. And they pushed it into autoimmune. They pushed it into the mystery land. It's a sneaky move. It's a sneaky, deceitful, negligent move by the system. No one can come clean. They just have to you know, keep on doing wrong. It's incredible. So basically this, if, if it was bacteria, antibiotics would have solved the problems a long time ago because guess what? Borrelia, Bartonella, and Babesia, they're not superbugs. They're not MRSA. MRSA and C. diff and their cousins, much more aggressive forms of MRSA, mutated MRSA and C. diff, those are superbugs. Those still get under control in most cases with antibiotics. And they're superbugs. Borrelia bartonella and Babesia. Babesia hybrid is a hybrid. It's a bacteria slash parasite considered. These aren't superbugs at all. <laughs> But it's amazing, and, and, and with all the antibiotics we've done in the wake behind and everything else, with all of that, and just think about all the different people, like the people with, with tremendous amounts of money or the wealthy or the wealthy in the world or so forth, they have access to the best doctors. I mean, they can fly around the world and go to the best doctors. They're not stuck somewhere, wherever, and then have a go to the doctor down the road that's the only doctor they can see. And it's the only opinion. And getting a second opinion is virtually so hard. Man, they could, they could hop on jets. They could go anywhere they want. They could fly around the world for the best physicians on the planet. And they still can't get their Lyme disease better. Because there's that much confusion around it. They take tons of antibiotics. They do six-month, eight-month treatments of, like the, the, of all kinds of glorified concoctions and, and um, mixed, mixed concoctions, you know, and it, it's incredible. The cocktails, that's what they do. Cocktail treatments through, um, through IV. And they still can't get better. If you think Lyme disease is caused by bacteria such as Borrelia, Bartonella, or Babesia, even if those are present, you're sadly mistaken, completely wrong. And so, and if you think it's caused by that, I have total respect for you, and I'm totally fine about that. You can call it what you want, then. It's a bug, but I'm going to tell you right now, it's viral. And really amazing doctors back in the early 70s said it was viral. They knew it. They knew it was viral all along, right at the beginning. Right at the beginning of when Lyme disease started. And 
they knew it was a virus. They concluded it had to be a virus. Intelligent minds, amazing doctors. But what happened was there was no medical treatments. Because back then in the 70s, when it was concluded as a virus, when that's what everybody believed, then you couldn't do anything about it. See, anything viral back in the 1970s, they just had to send you home. There was nothing they can offer. The industry had no drugs. There's no medicines to offer. So you have to remember where everything was. And the minute it became a bacterial thing years later, considered a bacterial discovery, the, the antibiotics went into just, it was just boom, billions and billions of dollars of antibiotics going out there. Perfect scenario. Perfect scenario because no one could make money off of Lyme disease in the early 70s when it started. It wasn't a money-making illness like all the other ones were. So it was just kind of like we were stuck, meaning the industry was stuck and not making money. Think about that a little bit, right? So, but celery juice is the tool and the right tool. So if you believe it's bacteria, I have total respect, use celery juice because it kills off bacteria slowly. But just like the other medical medium information celery juice comes from, try to learn about what foods not to eat, try to, what foods to stay away from, get the celery juice book so you can learn about this. Do the heavy metal detox smoothie. Do some of the other tools that, that, that the medical medium book series offers and try to incorporate them into whatever healthy realm that you're living or trying to live and do and everything. Try to bring more and more of this in if you're dealing with these illnesses. Because celery juice is one of those amazing tools that Spirit's been able to offer. So it's important to actually know all that. That said, you may be interested to know Lyme disease is a chronic viral infection, though, and you're going after viruses. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it takes viruses to create neurotoxins, to create neurological Lyme symptoms. That's why. Bacteria won't. Bacteria doesn't create neurological symptoms because they don't produce neurotoxins. A bacteria cannot eat something to create a neurotoxin. It can't do that. Bacteria doesn't release a poison a, a poisonous enough material viruses they can release they have a different appetite they feed off of different things and they release different poisons viruses love metals they love mercury they love aluminum they love copper they also love food too they love certain things in gluten milk cheese butter eggs they love pesticides herbicides fungicides that are inside our livers and other parts of our bodies. They create neurotoxins that cause Lyme disease symptoms. Specifically, only viruses in the herpetic family are at work here. All the Epstein-Barrs. And what's funny, everybody with Lyme disease gets an Epstein-Barr diagnosis. And if they haven't yet, they will eventually in their life. And they, you know, it's incredible how it works. Epstein-Barr has over 60 undiscovered mutations and strains, so many of them that don't even show up on a blood test. You could never even get them to show up on a blood test. And then you got all the varieties of shingles, including the unknown strains that don't cause a visible rash or pustules. You could have shingles and never have a rash. And multiple, and, and, and multiple mutations of HHV6, HHV7, all the undiscovered HHV10 through HHV16. These viruses release neurotoxins that inflame the entire central nervous system, causing neurological symptoms of Lyme disease. 
This is why you get the numb legs, you get the multiple sclerosis situation, you get the arms, the limbs, you get the weakness, you get all the different ticks and spasms, you get all the different tremors. This is why Lyme eventually receives the chronic, you eventually receive Lyme disease patients, they get the the MECFS diagnosis, they get the multiple sclerosis diagnosis, they get the fibromyalgia diagnosis, they usually get all those first, but since Lyme disease is taking over, Doctors just are going straight to Lyme disease. They're not even like, even if they can't even find anything in you, you can, you can walk in and out of a doctor's office right now and get a Lyme diagnosis with just, with just a word of mouth. Go in there, complain about a neurological symptom at the right doctor's office. You'll be walking out with a Lyme diagnosis. It's incredible. You know, that's how it works. They don't know that EBV and these other viruses are even behind it. I mean, some doctors do now. Thank God to the publication of, of Medical Medium Book 1 and it getting out there. So Medical Medium, the very first book, it's got the x-ray on the front of it. You guys should look into it if you don't already have it. I have the Lyme disease chapter in there. It still holds through the test of time. You have to read that Lyme disease chapter. And so many people have been injured along the way when they've been dealing with a viral situation. And if they just knew to take out the foods they needed to take out, if they just knew how to restore their nervous system with the right kind of B12, like for instance, the Vimergy B12. And if they just knew how to actually do what they with the celery juice and do the 24 ounces, 16, 24, 32 ounces every single day. How can they, they can actually start recovering. And once they get their confidence back with recovering, how it can change their lives. And then when they release the fear, the true fear of their body destroying itself, what can occur is miraculous when you don't think your body's destroying itself anymore. I swear to God, it's amazing what can happen. What you need to know is the truth that the myriad neurological symptoms that Lyme sufferers experience are caused by chronic low-grade viral infections with viruses feeding off of foods they like and releasing neurotoxins. If you are still attached to the past and the old ways of thinking about Lyme, then then I think you should even go back to the older way of thinking about Lyme before it, that it was viral originally when all the doctors got together and discovered it was viral right off the running. So if you want to go back to the old way of thinking, which is bacterial, go back a little bit further to where it was viral. It's important because celery juice, and if you want to stay with the way it is with Bartonella, Babesia, Borrelia, and any other new bacteria, they keep on throwing your way because they're going to throw, they're throwing new ones left and right. You're not even going to be able to keep up with them. Celery juice still helps eradicate that bacteria. The true cause of multiple sclerosis, let's go into that, multiple sclerosis. Viruses are the true cause of the Lyme disease, and celery juice will still break those down. So if you believe in the truth that it's viral-based, you still got the celery juice working for you. Either way, the old way, the new way, whatever you'd like to do. Look, I'm about making sure that you have choices, and you can just, hey, you can hang up the podcast and be like, look, I... You can hang up the radio show me like, look, I, I heard what he had to say. I'm going to stay, whatever. But I want you to have the choice. I want you to be able to have choices because we don't get choices with chronic illness. They're limited. Let's go into multiple sclerosis. The true cause of MS is Epstein-Barr. There's no question. Releasing neurotoxins and inflaming the central nervous system. 
The sodium cluster salts in celery juice hinder and deter the virus, weakening it and breaking it down by dissolving the outer membranes of the viral cells. Once the Epstein-Barr viral load has been reduced, MS patients, they can finally find the reprieve and relief. And then symptoms start reducing and they start rebuilding their central nervous system through better foods, through the celery juice, through leafy greens, through more fruits like berries, through wild blueberries, those frozen wild blueberries that are little miracles. All these foods they bring in to like the Vimergy spirulina and the B12 and they bring these things in and their lives change. Celery juice helps clear the liver. Celery juice is unbelievable what it does on that level. Plus, it's got the vitamin C in it that I always talk about that doesn't have to be converted. It's incredible. And it's even got the plant hormones I mentioned before to help the endocrine system. People with multiple sclerosis, they have the Hashimoto's too. They have endocrine system problems. Their adrenals are shot. Their adrenals are weakened. They have all these different issues with glands and everything else. And celery juice really does help like lift them out of that. But you have to know that, hey, you got to have something like the celery juice book so you don't let anybody throw you off course. Because when you start doing your celery juice, you're going to hear some some nutritionists out there say, hey, you may as well just drink water. Celery juice is just expensive water. Or they'll say something else. Or they'll say, well, yeah, there's antioxidants in celery juice and vitamin A and K, but science research doesn't have anything else about it. So um, you better not use it if you have MS because you better just eat some celery sticks and peanut butter. That's what nutritionists will say. Not all nutritionists. I'm just saying that's the, the naysayer ones are saying, not the amazing ones that know celery juice is incredible. So let's go into chronic fatigue syndrome, MECFS. Let's go into that one. I can't cover everything here with with all of this. The radio show is designed to give you PowerPoints. But if you need all the details, if you need all the information, you have to have the books, the Medical Medium Series books, the Celery Juice book, Medical Medium Celery Juice book. It's a must. You've got to have it in your hand. If you can't afford it, it's like $10 or $12. If you can't afford it, just go to the library. Everybody go to the library. I've been dropping books off at the library. I've been buying books, going to libraries, dropping them off, buying books uh, from the publisher, going to libraries, dropping them off. That's what I've been doing. I've been doing that for a good few years now. And um, so, you know, go to the library, look for copies. Here we are. So uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, back to that one. You know, it's it. they changed the name of it. They used to just call it basically the cranky... The cranky, wealthy woman's disease, basically, back in the 1940s and 50s, when wealthy women complained of being tired, they just, all the doctors just thought they were bored, needed something to do, they were unhappy with their lives, and that's what they thought. That's all. And so they always sent them off and said, join, join something, join a club, join, get a hobby, you know, go to, the, go to the country club and try to get some new friends. That's what they told them all. If you were poor in 1950, you were called crazy. That's all. So if you were poor in the 1950s, in in the late 1940s, and you were poor, okay, and you went to the doctor with fatigue, you were called basically um, 
I mean, I had my grandmother tell me <laughs> what she was called. Okay, so, and I've heard other people too. They were called crazy for telling the doctor that they were tired. That's unbelievable. I mean, the most they can get out of a compassionate doctor in 1950 was, well, you know, rest a little bit more. Take a little break. But if, it, if your tiredness exceeded that, you were, you were called something else. A liar. Um, you were manipulative. The whole bit. It's incredible how the times have changed, though. It's amazing. So, you know, with the chronic fatigue syndrome, you could feel like your legs feel like bags of cement. It's horrible. You can't even keep your eyes open or you can't even sleep. I mean, people suffer with it. It's unbelievable. And so you can't function. You can't get through the day. I've seen people suffer so badly with it. It's unbelievable. As medical communities started taking these complaints seriously, they realized they could name it something different and brain inflammation could be a factor. But what's the brain inflammation? What's the encephalitis? What is this thing? What's going on? Because something has to be causing it. And it was always a virus, even though the industries didn't know this. As I've always said, Epstein-Barr once again, because Epstein-Barr, the neurotoxins, they can give you chronic fatigue. But if you're saying I'm a one-horse pony like someone once told me about Epstein-Barr, it's kind of funny because, wait a minute here, think about it. If the body's attacking itself, and that's the reason for all these diseases, talking about a one-horse pony, that's, that's as one horse as you get. Or however that expression is. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying that expression right. And the thing is, though, is Epstein-Barr has over 60 varieties. So you can call me a 60-variety pony, but whatever it is. And then the different viruses, shingles and other viruses, too. But EVV causes the chronic fatigue syndrome, the fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, and the multiple sclerosis. And the rheumatoid arthritis, it causes those. And also, it's one of the viruses that causes Lyme. Lyme, Lyme could be a host of Epstein-Barr, shingles, and uh, HHV6 and other ones too. Long before the medical establishment recognized CFS, I saw it as an actual illness and described it as a neurological fatigue. So going back long before, I mean, we're talking decades ago, I called it neurological fatigue. I put neurological before it, fatigue. That's my information. It's finally getting out there now. As I've always said, EBV is the cause of neurological, in, 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 neurological fatigue, which is inflammation of the nervous system because of the neurotoxins. This is true for millions of people around the world suffering from it. They're dealing with it. There's a lot of different strains of Epstein-Barr. Some are more aggressive and create stronger neurotoxins that inflame the, neuro, the, the nervous system. Neurons in the brain get affected easily from neurotoxins. They cause brain fog, confusion, difficulty walking. As with any viral infection, celery juice is our best weapon. It helps to fight the viruses. It's got the vitamin C in it. It's incredible what it can do. You know, people with MECFS have compromised immune systems and white blood cells. And these things find peace with the trace minerals that celery juice offers. It's an incredible situation going on. When you think about it, what something can do for you. So there's so many great things to consider with celery juice being a part of your life and the power it has. There's so many different things. It's just amazing. 
I can't cover everything all here. You got to get the celery juice book. You got to get medical medium and liver rescue. But celery juice book has to be in your hands. So you can stay on point and it answers all your questions. I mean, there's a hundred questions that, that are in there that are answered and the right answers. Like, meaning like just this example alone, somebody will say, well, celery juice has nitrate in it. Well, that's just crazy. Every single fruit, vegetable, herb, spice, piece of meat, animal product has natural occurring nitrate. So don't eat anything on planet Earth then if you're going to do that. So it's, it's examples like that. It's just it clears the air with all of the misinformation that's trying to stop you drinking your celery juice. Celery juice, oh, it's filled with sugar. That's a great one too. Celery juice is filled with sugar. It's all sugar. Are you kidding me? It's not carrot juice. <laughs> my God, the information out there to try to stop you from drinking your celery juice and get better. It's almost, it's almost unbelievable. I, I cover over 200 symptoms and conditions, more autoimmune conditions than I covered in this show. But remember, you'll find that most everyone diagnosed now with MECFS is diagnosed with Lyme disease afterwards. See the connection? You see all these connections? Kind of the same viruses, but they all become the same diagnosis in the end? See the connection there? It's incredible. Look, I know you guys have suffered and struggled throughout your lives. If you haven't, you know someone in it probably knows somebody that probably does. Don't get thrown by someone who hasn't suffered yet or struggled. Don't get thrown by somebody young on YouTube that's sitting there saying, oh, I tried celery juice. Doesn't work for me. Doesn't work for you. What are you talking about? You're in the gym an hour and a half every day. You're running around. You're taking vacations. You're flying around. You're doing everything. I'm talking about the people who know what sickness is like, been through hell, seen all these doctors, you name it, under the sun, and they're home, and they're drinking their celery juice, and it's saving their lives, along with other medical medium information. I'm talking about them. So don't get thrown by all the like the noise out there that I'm noticing out there that has complete insensitivity to the chronically ill and to people who've suffered and struggled. That's what I see all the time. From the dietitians, not all dietitians, but from the dietitians they throw into the articles. I, I, there's not one article, practically not one article, where I've been interviewed where they actually put in what I really say about the chronically ill and the suffering and the struggling and what you guys are going through and how celery juice is helping me. They block it all out and they... It's almost like they purposely want to hide it or something. It's unbelievable. The insensitivity is mounted in such a direction and so high. It's unbelievable. And it's sad because you guys have been through hell and back. I stand behind you 100%. And maybe you know somebody that's been through it too. Um, so it's important to actually have the information protect yourself. I, I love you guys. And... I don't mean to be so so passionate and so strong about the show, but I got your back, and that's what it's really about. It's about you guys. Bye.